Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. From NBI Studios, this is Truth and Justice, a crowdsourced investigation in real time. I'm Bob Ruff. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Truth and Justice. This is your Friday follow-up for Season 10, Episode 15. This week's episode was the second half of my consultation session with retired FBI profiler Jim Clementi. And this week, we got into the suspects. And in my opinion, the, the second half of the conversation was, it was really just as revealing as the first half. I feel like Jim is really helping us narrow in on at least the direction that we should be looking for a lot of reasons. And uh, I can see from social media that not everyone agrees with that. So I'm excited to talk about it and see where everybody's at. Uh, we are back from Montana in the studio. I've got Mike right next to me. What's up? Cross table is Zach. Hey, hey. And we are ready to take your questions. Texas Ranger James Holland is a legendary interrogator. They call him the serial killer whisperer. You can't hide those indications. And that's why yesterday I knew that he did it. But now, shocking interrogation tapes reveal how the super cop really operates. And that's why they asked me to come in, because I'm special. From something else, The Marshall Project and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Smokescreen. Just say you're sorry. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Say goodbye to the dish and hello to Skystream, the new way to get Sky over Wi-Fi. So you can get unmissable Sky shows like The Last of Us and Succession, as well as Netflix and Discovery Plus, and loads more, all in one subscription for £26 a month. Oh, and next day delivery with no upfront fee. Skystream, TV simplified. Head to sky.com. Requires Skystream and broadband minimum speed, 10 megabits per second, 18-month minimum term. Cut-off times apply for next day delivery. Excludes bank holiday. 18 plus. Terms apply. All right, Bob. Our first questions come from Erica. First, she wants to know how was the vacation. It was good. It didn't. <laughs> it didn't shake out exactly how we. Uh, we just spent 30 minutes talking about it in the pre-show for the patrons. I'm gonna, I'm gonna interrupt because I was on vacation before you guys. My vacation was wonderful. No, but she didn't ask about your vacation. She said, "How was the vacation?" Yeah. She could have been talking pretty to me. vague question. She okay, okay, all right. Go ahead, tell them about your Disney vacation. It was wonderful. I probably saw more bears than you guys did. <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, we we uh, saw a couple bears. Uh, caught a lot of fish. Had a great time camping. It it was. Uh, if if you want the full the full story. Uh, get on the Patreon videos, and we 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 told the whole the whole story for thirty minutes. Uh, but for now, uh, the trip was fun, good time, good memories. All right, Erica's next question: What do you think about Jim's assessment that there would likely have been a lot of sound transfer between neighboring apartments, despite your discussion regarding insulation, construction, etc.? And we don't have any ear witnesses on the same floor saying they heard anything. I don't know. I mean, everything gets so convoluted, right? Because we have. Katie and Youngster and Eva 
saying that they heard from s- some screaming from downstairs. That's consistent, but how and when they heard it is less consistent. And if any of them were involved in this, then you know it's hard to know what to make of that. And then, but the only witness that would have been close there, because there's like mechanical rooms between Catalina's apartment and the next apartment, the other direction. But she shared the wall with June Sage, which was who was right next door. June only heard the knocking and the one scream, but who knows? You know, she she's elderly. She could have the TV on. We don't know how good of how good her hearing is. I I just I don't make a lot of, out of. I just I don't know. I just don't make a lot out of the, you know, the, the lack of ear witnesses, you know, because uh, again, we've got people in an apartment where we know. I think we know someone from that apartment has to have been involved, so you can't really take their word for it. And then the only other person who may have heard something just is you know an elderly woman who didn't hear anything. Carla says, I feel like the discussion with Jim was cut short because Jim had somewhere to be. Will he be on the show a second time this season to complete the conversation? I don't know if we'll have him on the show a second time. I mean, I would love to, but Jim is Jim is crazy, crazy busy uh, between all the different all his different podcasts that he's he's working on and and launching, plus his TV production. Uh, he just where he was going was to go meet movers at his new house. He just moved, so he just got a lot going on. So I don't know if we'll be able to arrange a second. Um, a second formal interview, but we do chat. I've texted with him a little bit since the um, since that conversation regarding uh, some. You know, we didn't get into Katie and Youngster. We didn't have time to get into them, so we text we text a little bit about that afterwards, which we'll we'll cover some of that in some of these upcoming questions. But yeah, I, I'd love to have him come back again, but I, I would say I, I wouldn't probably count on him being able to carve out time to, to come on again. So here's a vague question about your and Jim's conversation that I had. Is there anything he said that made you consider including Jennifer or completely excluding her? He so that's interesting you ask that because I saw one or two people post that after hearing Jim's profile, I'm even more convinced that Jennifer is guilty. And I thought a lot now I don't pay much attention to you know, there's obviously a group of people who think everyone that I think is innocent is guilty and they have their own group just to talk about how bad I suck at my job. Um, thanks for the download, by the way, guys, because I'm sure they're listening to this right now so they can talk shit about it. I don't know if it's one of those people, but it struck me because I thought, is this an honest assessment? And, and this is what I mean by this. Now, if there are people out there that with given all the information we have still believe that they think Jennifer is involved, I think they're 100% entitled that up to that opinion and they certainly could be right but to say that based on Jim's profile that is what is making me believe that Jennifer is guilty I think that's total bullshit and that in my opinion that's a, that's cognitive dissonance at its at its finest and, and it's a troll because one of the most respected behavior analysts in the in the in the world gives a profile that this is someone probably in their 20s it's a personal cause homicide it's someone with a direct conflict with with Catalina it is likely a female working with a male like other than the the only part of that entire profile that comes even close to being anything pointing at Jennifer is the female part none of the rest of it and most certainly her her confession is completely debunked i think it was already debunked before we even had him on just based on the the inconsistencies and the errors that were that were within it 
so and I, I kind of spun off from what you asked me, but I just it just rem- made me remember seeing those comments, and I was like, that's such a bullshit. Like that made you think she's guilty. Uh, but to, to answer your question, no, nothing he told me. I was surprised every time he's ever come on and done profiles for us or done consultations with me on cases. Usually, there's there's so much gray area left in there where I think, well, it could be maybe them. You know, it might point in a, in another direction, but it's possible that this that, that it they could still kind of fit. Sure, this is the one. This is the first one he's ever given. First of all, he had less information about suspects than he's ever had because normally I would have included the beef with Catalina, uh, the beef with Eva in the victimology. But in this case, I left it out because I think I said this in the last follow-up. My, my major question I wanted to know, I didn't expect to get a real, you know, a, a super detailed profile. I wanted to know, first thing is, was this a random act of violence? Was this a robbery gone wrong? Or was this a personal cause homicide? And I didn't want to, not that Jim really could be swayed, but I didn't even want to put in his head that there's somebody there that has a problem with her. And so when he comes in and and when he gives this profile and says that this is absolutely a personal cause homicide, this was absolutely not a robbery gone wrong, and then starts laying out these other elements of the profile, for me, I have already, in looking at the evidence, I, I have already started to shift my attention. Now, that's not to say... Because people will say, oh, you got blinders on and you think it's, it's not what I'm saying. But as an investigator, as I'm, as I'm taking in all the information we have to this point, my attentions have been slowly shifting over towards Eva as it was. And so for me, I was just like alarm bells were going off when he's, then, then he profiled. I mean, let's face it. He profiled Eva. There's no question about that, that he, that he, without knowing who Eva was or anything about that, the profile certainly points towards Eva. That being said. That certainly doesn't mean Eva's guilty, and there's still a lot we don't know about Eva. Uh, so, so you know, there's there's a lot more work that has to be done up to this point. But, but no, the that's the long answer. The short answer is no. Nothing he said made me think that Jennifer was guilty. How about you? No, nothing either. And I, I just didn't know if there's anything that that made you feel like she was included or completely excluded. I mean, the only thing that, like you said, was that she's a female, right? That, that I could see a lot of the other things. Eva tends to fit better. Whether she right. is or not is a different story, but she fits that profile. Right. And that's, just, and again, going back to my main purpose for having him on, that it takes us back to the very beginning, right? Ground zero. Why? Because that's what profiling is, right? Figure out the why and it'll point you to the who. It, why was she killed? And we worked on the premise for months that she was killed because someone was trying to steal her car or someone was trying to rob her. And then when we find out, no, she was killed because somebody went in there to kill her. Well, then that, to me, that point's so far away from Jennifer, she's not even in the same ballpark. Before we even get into the timing issues and the alibis and all the other stuff that makes it look like Jennifer wasn't involved. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But just that, it's like, okay, so the, the why is the purpose of that attack was to kill Catalina. So knowing that, and then then looking, okay, so who would want to do that? Why would Jennifer want to do it? Could Jennifer be roped in by Eva to go kill a person? I don't think so. Like, I, I just don't see it. Jim mentioned that the offender would have a history of other violent behavior. Does Eva have any charges or convictions for violent behavior? She does not. And that's part of what I was getting at when I said there's a lot we don't know about Eva. You know, he, now he, Jim didn't say that she would have. That not that Eva, but that the offender would have convictions or arrests for violent behavior. What he said was the offender would people, and a lot of this what we're looking at is like people who know this offender will know that they are that they overreact. They're quick to anger. I don't even think necessarily when I was re-listening to it yesterday. I don't think he even necessarily really said violent, but it, it, to me, to me, what he was pointing at was more towards their overreaction. And their extreme anger that that's maybe not warranted for whatever the the issue is. You know what I mean? Somebody overreacting in, in an angry way, possibly with violence. But that's not necessarily mean that they have a rap sheet for that. But that could be that you know her the the offender's parents or the offender's partners, their their children, their their you know whoever people that have that have known this offender will know them to be somebody who will fly off the handle. The one thing I noticed that he talked about for post-defense behavior for Eva was that that's how the, you know, the fight or flight and that's how she would be reacting is this over hysterical. Right. And, and one of the things that was brought up was why would she run to the manager's office to, you know, and he right. kind of, he kind of alluded to like, she was trying to show how good a person she was. Look at this person that just complained against me or was trying to deflect. She went well, to the person yeah. who knew she had the beef with. And went right to her and said, here I am trying to help. But, but I don't fully see it that way. I, 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 mm-hmm. I understand what he's saying, but I can also see the other end of that. Where if Eva has nothing on the line of this point, And the manager's office isn't that far from the apartment the way that it's laid out. It's, it's, it's not truly that far. And you would know that like, if she was hurt and something was going on, that's a person that can get into the apartment to help her. You know, that's the first likely person that can get into the apartment would be right. a manager. They have keys, they have whatever. So I don't think it's that unusual for her to go to the manager's office. I, I don't know if, I, if I'm if i 100% on board with Jim's hypothesis that that was part of the staging, but it made me think about it for sure because when he said it, I hadn't thought of why wouldn't, he, why wouldn't she have knocked on June Sage's door? You know, why don't you, you know, if you need a phone right now, Bang on somebody's door right there. Yell for someone else. Hey, someone, there's people walking around. We need help. You know, she didn't do it. And then again, yes, that person can get in, but she says she saw the doors wide open. Like, like the, the whole scenario, uh, again, and this doesn't make Eva guilty, but, I'm, uh, but I, I, I'm doubling down on the fact that I do not believe one fucking word of her story about hearing the screaming and then running for help. She's, she, she sees the doors open, but doesn't see inside. She's super concerned, but doesn't, you know, supposedly Katie and youngster right there doesn't tell one of them to jump the fence and help or her try to jump the fence. 
or she doesn't look in and see anybody inside. She doesn't knock on a neighbor's door to get the, like, like not like if she's so genuinely concerned, there's no way that like, like her behaviors don't, don't represent that, you know? So there's real quick, Oh, they're screaming. Are you okay? I fell and hit my head. Oh, that's a man's voice. Something's wrong. Let me just run. Let me, let me tell you to go up into the apartment because I don't want to get in trouble. And then I'm going to run all the way over there to the manager's office instead of just grabbing anybody, knocking on another door. I mean, none of it. And again, these are all all we're looking at is uh, is different hypotheses. Right. So that doesn't. So even when Jim's saying it, he's not saying, yes, when someone does that, it equals this. He's saying I've seen behaviors like this before. And I've and more so what he has seen in thousands of cases is. Because we're always like, well, yeah, but you're trying to talk about what a sane person would do. That's not what Jim's talking about. Jim is talking about a thousand case studies on how offenders react and act in certain situations and things like quickly grabbing the keys in the wallet to make it look like a robbery. To me, that seems, why would they even think about that? But he's seen it thousands of times, and that's why he's saying that. And the fact that she ran specifically to the manager when there was five other ways she could have gotten help to him, like. Well, she know because what they're trying to do is immediately divert the attention away. And that could have been pre-planned even. You know what I mean? It could have been, well, then I'll go, I'll go to the office and I'll be the one that's trying to help. So they'll never look at me. The explanation makes sense. I, like I said, I just didn't quite fully jump on board with the fact that just because she ran to the manager's office was trying to divert. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not fully on board with it either. But like, like I said, I, I don't know that that's exactly why that happened. But the more and more I start to break down every element, every move, that's what you're doing, right? You're breaking down, trying to look at every single move. We've, we did it for a month, two months with Jennifer, with her statements and every little thing. We're trying, to, we're trying to break down and track and justify and understand every move she made. And now we get to – and then the, the people that, that either think Jennifer's guilty – not everybody, but the, 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 the subset of people that are just – will not come off the fact, no matter what, that Jennifer's guilty because they've already made up their mind, or that there's just no way Eva can be guilty, are getting upset because now we're doing that with other people involved. Now we're looking at what moves did Eva make pre-offense, during the offense, post-offense. Uh, you know, and, and, and that's, and We didn't even get into with Jim the post-offense behavior about uh, telling the police she creates multiple alibis for herself that were lies. We didn't even get into that. Mm -hmm. One thing you brought up, and this is kind of sidetracking, I'll make it quick, is the more and more we hear about Eva and how her story's bullshit, but the police kind of went with that, really makes me kind of feel like she was either a CI that maybe wasn't on the books as a CI, uh -huh. or she had some sort of relationship with somebody that she shouldn't have a relationship with. I wish Detective Allen was still alive. Not that he would talk to me, but I would love to be. Because, that, yeah, that's a possibility. Because and I say that and I know I'm not I'm not dogging any police officers I'm not dogging I'm, but this situation happens where where you see it all the time I mean there's there's cases all the time of a police officer getting involved with a sex worker and then the sex worker won't get in trouble because the police officer's worried right that they're going to get outed mm -hmm. you, you see it a lot I mean we we had a case recently here I don't know if you knew that but we had a case recently here that was almost exactly that and it finally came out oh really I didn't know that yeah. Mm -hmm. So I mean, it's not unheard of. No, no, I don't. I I think that's certainly a possibility. I, I but all I can say is that it's not impossible. It, it's also not impossible that Detective Allen was just a crooked cop in general, 
that all he cared about was closing cases. It's it's also not impossible that he was racist. And and this is, you know, this is the institutional racism in our country is is something that we want to be able to put a fine point on, but there's more to it than that. The the type of racism that I'm talking about that could that could exist in this system with Detective Allen is literally that all these people are a different color than me, so none of them matter. You know what I mean? So it's it's not like because you could be like, well, Eva's half black, half Mexican, and and so why, you know, and Jennifer, why Jennifer? Because he didn't care. And I'm not saying this is what happened. I'm just saying a possibility is, and this is what we see in lots and lots of cases, because Jennifer didn't matter to him any more than Eva mattered to him, any more than Catalina mattered to them, because they all have they all have different color skin than him. So it doesn't matter which he needs to close the case to try to advance his career. And I keep saying this as though, understand, this is not a fact. This is just me talking about about possibilities if someone did have the. And so, like, who cares? Jennifer was the easiest to manipulate. I've got my case closer. And who cares if that black girl went to prison? Who cares if it was that black girl or that black girl? Yeah, I see what you're saying. And, and I don't want to say that what what I just said, I'm not saying that he was covering up for murder or anybody was covering up for murder, but more so, like, I know this person. I'm going to believe them. Could be. Yeah. There's a million scenarios. You know, there, there's the, what you just discussed, what I just discussed could just be he's a shitty cop. You know, because regardless whether whether it's Jennifer or Eva or neither that are guilty, he's a shitty cop. And people give me shit about that. But I but that's, you know, part of the reform that we work towards here is to to make people accountable for their actions. And regardless of whether they even got the right person. His actions are inexcusable. They're inexcusable. The fact that he never even looked at Eva as a, you heard Jim and Jim's usually the first to kind of defend the cops in these situations. He usually gets on to me because I'm like, oh, the fucking idiot didn't do this. And Jim's like, well, you, you got to understand, you know, he's in this case, he's like none of these cops even considered looking at her as a suspect. How is that possible? Because for him, all the alarm bells are pointing right in one direction. Doesn't mean she's guilty. But for them to not even look at it, like like he did a terrible job. That could be incompetence or it could be corruption or something in between there. But regardless, he did a terrible job in this investigation. Sarah says, which is the more important part of the profile, the female offender or the history of violence? If you can't find a suspect who fits both parts, which part should be prioritized in the investigation? Neither really for me. I mean, again, the profile, you just look, it's, it's, it's a guide on where to look. And so, yeah, you, 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 you would think, so what we're saying is most likely in Jim's opinion, when you find out who did this, when you find the offender that did this, you're going to find, it's going to end up being someone who is female was in their twenties at the time. And you know, has a, the, the history of violence or, or overreaction. But, to, but to me beyond any of that is what I said before is, investigating this case as a personal cause homicide was the most valuable piece of information we got out of that profile. 100% that, that it's a completely different type of investigation when you know you're investigating a personal cause homicide. Gemma says, I think you mentioned that other investigators concur. There's a likelihood of Eva having been a sex worker. Lots of us still have some skepticism around this. Is there anything you could share about these previous investigations? Even if they're not specifically about Eva, I'm still interested in their observations. Thanks. I don't have a lot for it. And again, this is one of the, like, there are certain things where we will just have to agree to disagree. And I'm okay with that. I, you know, I've presented multiple times the information that I, that, that I have, uh, that you all have also 
that is that are indicators that she was in fact a sex worker at that time. And again, I, there's nothing negative. There's no negative connotation for me coming out by saying that I think she was a sex worker. That's not the point. It's just it just it, it just adds into the it's information we have to have for this for this to understand the case fully. We have to have all this information. As far as other PIs, I was just told when starting to research this and talking to lawyers, I've been connected to the case that I was told that Eva was in fact a sex worker. And when I when I asked, well, you know, it, it seems that way, but do you have confirmation on that? I was told that you know investigators have looked into her and it was confirmed that she was a sex worker. I don't have access to those reports. I don't have any of that. I've asked you know asked for what I can have, but I, I'm not entitled to to work product from investigators or the attorneys on the case. They probably maybe even shouldn't have shared that with me. But that's me based on the information that we have and based on what I was told. I am working under the understanding that she likely was a sex worker. And and if if you don't want to believe that she was a sex worker, that's okay. Then I mean that's why this is a crowdsourced investigation. Then you then we all work together, you work another route and and, find, and maybe it's irrelevant anyway. But you know, we'll all come together at the end and find and land on the truth uh one way or another. But I I I can't I'm not going to continue arguing about whether it be here or on the on the you know, on, on social media about whether she was or wasn't. In my opinion, she was. And that's just my opinion based on the information that I presented to everyone repeatedly. Kathy wants to know if we can hear from Juan, the nephew, again, to hopefully find out if there are any other avenues of possible victimology. I hope so soon. Obviously, we had, you know, we had our, our long since planned trip we just took, and then now we've got CrimeCon coming. Next week, so by by the time you're listening to next week's follow up, Zach and I will be in Austin at CrimeCon. For you guys to understand, when we take time off like that, or we're out of the office, it makes it makes production very difficult to get ahead. So as soon as I'm back from CrimeCon, I need to get us caught up and back ahead, and then I'm planning to head back down to Houston. There's a few people that I need to find and and speak with. So that trip is being planned. I'm hoping by the end of June I can get back down there. And and certainly Juan is on my list of people to speak to when I get in town. Jesse says, you stated that Eva was warned the day before that she would be evicted. Is that somewhere in the case file that hasn't been released? I can only find reference to Eva being warned and that it was being noted and should stop. Nothing about when this was stated or that it was a final warning and eviction was the next step. Well, we have it in several places. So we obviously we've got Pam Wiley saying that the complaints were happening and that Eva had been warned about them. We have uh, statements from uh, Jennifer, Katie, Youngster, I think even Eva herself that she had been told about uh, about the complaints and warned that she would be evicted through those conversations. And then as far as timing, then you move on to Keith Truesdale's statement, who Keith Truesdale, his statement or his testimony, I don't remember which one, but it's posted when we talked about it in that episode, where he said that the warning that they were talking about and the complaint that they were talking about had occurred the day before the murder. So it, it, there's there's not one spot where you can look and see right here this happened she was warned you have to take it all in investigate it, and come out and and then piece it together but so we know the complaints happened we know that she was warned we know that she was told that she could be evicted as you piece everything together and then Truesdale's the final piece of the puzzle who says that that occurred the day before the murder Joshua says since Jim thinks Eva may be overselling with her emotional outbursts. Do you think that if Eva was the one to come up with the scenario of the interaction with the killers in the apartment, that her saying Catalina fell and hit her head could be potential guilty knowledge of the head wounds Catalina suffered? 
Or could it just be a coincidence? I, I really don't know. I definitely think Eve is the one that, you know, and you, whether it's true or false, that information originated from Eva. It, 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 I'm, I'm certain of that. I think the fact that we see it, again, it's the part that nobody can get it right. We have multiple people trying to tell the same story and they're all getting it wrong. It, it tells you that none of them have personal knowledge of it. You know, so, so, so if Jennifer, Katie, Youngster, and Eva all physically actually experienced this, then their retelling of it would be would be pretty consistent among you might have details wrong about what something looked like, what color something was, but the basic detail or even the exact words that were said, uh, but the basic details and the timing and the locations where people were at would be consistent. So the fact that they're not tells me it's that that they didn't experience this. The only person that could have actually experienced this, because so we're saying that between the four of them, all four of them did not experience this happening. And so, but there's one person who, in any scenario, would have been the one to experience it, would have been Eva, right? Because she's the one that ran to the office and said, I witnessed this. Now, again, that, that still could mean that it didn't actually happen, which I, I, I believe that. I believe she's lying. I don't think it happened. But, but it's still, that, that brings her back to the point of origin of that story. And then from her, it gets distributed out to Katie, Youngster, and Jennifer. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. One thing I want to jump in with, you talk about misremembering. And the, the apartment manager, complex manager, whatever you want to call her, says that Eva came in and said she was dead. Do you think that was misremembered? I, I don't know that that's tough. And, and that's why I, I tried to qualify when I was talking to Jim I, and I said, you know, in her defense, the manager did say in her initial statement that she came in and said the woman's dead, which obviously would be a huge leak uh-huh. if that happened. Eva says that she didn't say that. She says that that she just said that she needs help. And then in the later statement from Pam Wiley, she says that she just came in and, and uh, said that she needed help. And see, I thought that was just a, a misremembering as well, because by the time she would talk to the police, Pam Wiley would know that Catalina was dead. Right. And, that, and that's why I, I can't put too much weight. It, it has to be noted, but I can't put too much weight in it because there's too many variables like that. One of them's leaking, right? So is it Eva running up and leaking out the fact that she already knows she's dead when she's not supposed to and saying she's dead? Or is it Pam Wiley leaking out when she is explaining what happened to the police? The fact that she already knows that she's dead because it's afterwards. The only supporting factors I think that we have for Eva actually saying that the first time is when you, um, I believe it was in Keith Truesdale's testimony 
or statements when, when he says that when he was grabbed by uh, Lavana, the other manager, that she told him, we think there's a dead lady in that apartment. So that, that, that would be a corroboration of Eva saying, I think she's dead, because otherwise, how would Lavana know to tell then Truesdale, we think she's dead? But there's just there's too much there's too much ambiguity there to be able to uh, to really know that for sure. There's just no way of knowing who actually said what. Stephanie says this case is pretty convoluted with various statements, revisions, and speculations. Is the goal to get Jennifer total exoneration? She was in no way involved in even a lesser crime, much less the murder. She was an innocent bystander, or to prove that she didn't commit the actual murder and should have been sentenced less and hopefully end up with a time-served situation. The goal is simple. It's the same goal that we have in every season. It's to find the truth. Our goal is to find out, 100% of our goal, is to find out who killed Catalina. If it is determined that that was not Jennifer, then a sub-goal would be to get her out of prison. And also a sub-goal would be to put the person in prison that actually did it. But I, we're not we're not tackling this case, nor do we ever tackle a case with the, with the purpose of trying to exonerate someone. We go through a process, and it's hard. In every season, it's hard for people to believe that I'm going into the, into each investigation from an unbiased, neutral position. But I, I I can't I can't explain I can't convince you that that's the case. But that but I'll tell you that's the case. I didn't go into this season in this case. With the intention of exonerating Jennifer Jeffley. I went into this case because it seemed like on the surface when we did our initial screening and my pre-investigation that very likely an injustice occurred here. There was a good possibility that that Jennifer wasn't involved in this case and that it seemed like a case that maybe we might be able to solve if we work at it hard enough. That's That was the position I entered into this. Where I'm at now, almost four months later, into this investigation is I don't believe Jennifer had a thing to do with this. And I think that our, and I still think it's very solvable. And I think that the suspects that we need to be looking at were right now, my, the the number one person of interest, which again, doesn't mean she's guilty, but I think warrants further and deeper investigation would be Eva. There's just a lot of things pointing. And that's not because of what my goal was of trying to exonerate Jennifer. It's because that's where the evidence is pointing us. And, That's what we have to be able to do. We have to be able to take in new information and then use that information to to figure out what we think it's telling us. What is the evidence telling us? This is an evidence-based investigation. So you can't be locked into a theory. You you know, I I wasn't sitting there screaming Eva for the rooftop even a month ago. I started to get suspicious when I found when I when I saw the 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 alibi when I caught that she was saying that that KD was sleeping in the room with her. And that youngster woke her up. That was my first alarm bell. But if you remember back prior to that, I thought the screaming did happen. We spent a month trying to figure out when the screaming happened. But as as we get new information, then we have to continue to reassess. And where I'm at right now is I don't think Jennifer was involved. But still, that's not my priority. My priority is figuring out who killed Catalina Palomino. Our last question comes from Pamela. Will you still be covering Katie and youngster and the friend they had over the night before? I just don't agree that if Eva was involved, they weren't or couldn't also be involved. It just seems as though you've already narrowed down to one person, and I don't think that does any justice to this case or Catalina. 
Well, first of all, I want to point out, which I, I hopefully I've explained along the way through this episode and from 10 seasons of this show, I'm not narrowed down on one suspect. I, I mean, at some point, we get narrowed down, as I was just explaining. As, as, as you get evidence, the entire purpose is to try to solve the case. So as we're, as we're bringing in evidence, we're analyzing it, and it starts to point you in a direction, yes, you shift some focus there. And you start investigating that. So yes, I'm yes, I'm absolutely going to be investigating Eva much further because that's where the evidence is pointing us. That doesn't mean that Eva did it, and it doesn't mean Eva's the only person we're looking at. And to answer the other part of the question, yes, this week's episode is on Katie and Youngster. That's the episode I'm working on right now for this Sunday. And we're going to continue on. We're going to do Katie and Youngster. We still got to get through Detective Swainson. I've got some people I'm trying to reach out to uh, to get interviews with so we can get some more information about more. We're, we're nowhere close to being done. Just because right now it seems like we have uh, someone who certainly fits into the, the, the person of interest category, possibly the suspect category, doesn't mean that that's the only person we're looking at. That's how wrongful convictions happen. That's the exact opposite thing of what we're trying to do. We still have to keep an open mind. We still have to use the scientific method and continuing to gather more evidence, create hypotheses and theories, and then test the theories against the evidence. And that's what we'll continue to do until we find our answer. Okay, that's it for questions. Thanks, everybody, for writing in. Yep. Thanks, everybody. And uh, hopefully we'll be seeing a lot of you guys at CrimeCon. As I mentioned, Zach and I are going and we I've got a pretty full slate. I'm going to be doing a bunch of stuff on Friday. I'm doing a, a true crime podcast, uh, ethics and true crime podcasting panel with uh, Sarah Turney and and several other guests. I'm doing a uh, a true crime trivia. Plus, we have some live true crime binge episodes that we're going to be doing there. Uh, and speaking of true crime binge, uh, if you didn't check out Josh Hallmark last week, uh, really check that one out. Really had a great conversation with him. And then this week's episode of true crime binge features Jason Flom, who is the host of the wrongful conviction podcast. And he's also one of the founding board members of the innocence project. Super interesting guy doing great work. We had a great conversation. That's this week on true crime binge. And with all that being said, do you guys got anything else? Nope. Nope. I'm good. Alrighty. We'll see you guys next week. Truth and Justice is an NBI Studios production and is distributed by Wondery. Produced and edited by Mike Bussing, and all music for the show was created and composed by PutThemInASong.com. Our follow-up logo was created by Zach Weaver, and all of our font across all of our logos and banners were created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design. You can find more of Tate's work on Etsy. Thank you to Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com for designing, creating, managing, and maintaining our website, Truth and Justice Pod, where you can view all photos and documents discussed in every episode. And a big thank you to our transcription team. Pamela Westby, Kathy McElhaney, Charlena White, Kay Wood Yomnick, Ginger Fiola, Edith Swanneck, Lindsay Pease, Erica Cantor, and Jen Reese Incandela. And as always, thank you to all of you for all of your engagement and support. If you like the show and you'd really like to support us, you can do so in a number of ways. To financially support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. On the Patreon page, you can pledge as little as $3 a month, and we also have reward levels on Patreon that include access to behind-the-scenes videos of the tapings of our Friday follow-up episodes, ad-free versions of all of our episodes, Truth and Justice Army t-shirts and hats, and even the opportunity to co-host one of our Friday follow-up episodes. 
You can also help us out by going to iTunes and leaving us a five-star rating and review. And lastly, you can always support us by supporting the companies that sponsor this program. If you have a new case that you'd like us to consider for future seasons, you can submit your cases on our website, Truth and Justice Pod. Just click the case submission button and fill out the form. And the most important thing that you can do is engage in the investigations. You can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can like our Facebook page or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page. For all of you tweeters, you can connect with us on Twitter at TruthJusticePod. To follow our personal accounts on social media, I can be found at Bob Ruff Truth. Mike can be found at Murb Gaming, M-U-R-R-B-G-A-M-I-N-G. And Zach is at Z to the Q. And don't forget that we always have our 24-7 voicemail line open for questions, comments, and tips on our cases. That phone number is 269-224-2833. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, we're signing off. I'm Bob Ruff. I'm Zach Weaver. And I'm Mike Bussing. And this has been Truth and Justice. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.